0: I was ready.
1: Okay, now, now we can start. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Jesus! Hey guys, I'm Brittany. I'm Ria. This is the Be More podcast. Welcome.
1: Hi, welcome back, everyone. <laughs> sorry, Brittany, for before we get started. The old, this is
0: why I'm never prepared because the best laid plans. Um, before we get started, I have to ask you like a a question that I was. So, okay, where do I start? You have, you have a child or we've lived this, this experience, but I think maybe this experience is different if you have a child, but let's start with living this experience. Where are in high you meant, school. Like,
1: I, first of all, I don't have a child.
0: No, <laughs> with pretty uh, start it, I was like, no. I don't have a child. <laughs> the, the scenario I was going to set you up with was going to be, you have a child, okay. but let's, sure. let's start with the lived experience that both of us have had. And maybe listener, you've had too. you're getting ready. You're in high school and you're applying to college. And mm-hmm. you have reached schools, right? Some oh. of us apply to reach schools just to be like, I'm going to try and see if I get in. And then you have other schools that you apply for. Like, you know, like these are legit safety. schools that I would like to go to. Yeah. And then oh. you have your safety schools. Yeah. So yes. I, your mentality, your mentality about all the schools that you apply to except for maybe like really big reach schools is what like what do you remember being told about dealing with the process of applications and getting in and getting rejected from colleges
1: um i remember it being stressful just always presented to me as like this is the most stressful time <laughs> and it was stressful True. because probably people up you know whatever it is the stressful. Word to think of. like they yeah super stressful um but it was always like apply to the schools that you know you're gonna get in just as your safety apply to schools you want to get into as like your dream schools and then also just try and apply to like the fucking ivy league schools that you want to go to see what happens if you're that's what we like that's what i was like kind of told and also like i think i was in a position where like we're we were pretty smart in high school that we were like yeah like that makes sense let's just like reach for whatever and see where we land
0: and the reality of dealing with college acceptances now versus a decade ago is Mm -hmm. it's so different drastically different now the level of competition like there was competition when we were applying to schools but the level of competition over the past decade has just like not even doubled but like quadrupled down but now let me ask you this when so it's a stressful time and it's a stressful time having to deal with the you being accepted or rejected period is stressful but the amount of this decision is going to impact the rest of your life and is going to be like, what sets you on the path for the rest of your life is what makes it catastrophic in the amount of stress. But let me ask you this more specific thing. How did you handle the emotion of having the stress or what advice or information was given to you about how to handle or manage the stress (laughs) or the potential Uh incoming information of accepting and rejecting like status? I got,
1: I got no advice. Did you get advice? Because I got no advice.
0: (laughs) I truthfully, honestly, don't remember. But I also don't think... I think I was in... Fortunately and unfortunately, I think I was in a very unique experience position because I went to school for dance. That... My grades and my being a good student wasn't the initial factor that was being criticized or critiqued or judged on my if that makes sense
1: yeah no, know for sure
0: so that and did there... you have
1: to audition
0: yeah, i don't know I went how to you were in person auditions
1: yeah. yeah um
0: so and and i had been doing that through most of my experience as a young dancer so right I knew how to handle a lot of that already. So I, I just feel so bad for kids these days. And I, I can agree with you. I wish we had more people in our life who knew how to tell us to cope with having to be patient and wait for somebody else to tell you if they accept or reject you to see like that waiting limbo period of like, this is the next phase of my life, but I can't do anything with it until someone tells me if I can or not.
1: I remember all of us being so stressed from like when we submitted all our applications to like someone's first acceptance or rejection.
0: And you felt calmer just knowing that somebody else actually got a response to be like, okay, something's going to happen eventually. But here's where... I I I'm stunned so I had a student who I've I mean so many students who are dealing with this right now and if you're so okay let's go into the you're a parent now right (laughs) you're a parent and you have a child who is applying to a lot of different schools and they're waiting and trying to figure out like going to visit schools and getting like excited about the potential for things what are you saying to them during this time
1: well so kate just went through this well kind of like last year perfect very true i think i just told her to be patient because like whatever you did already like that's that's what they see and like that's all you can give them so it's like it's truly just like you have to wait in and see if they like you fit their criteria of like the next student that they want basically
0: can i can can we hone in on this experience with cage you think she's gonna be pissed at us later i mean she's gonna get pissed (laughs) at us regardless but um we're talking about her so no she actually likes when people
1: talk about her so we'll be fine
0: oh how much she's changed (laughs) i know (laughs) um So, okay, so you're in this situation with your sibling, and they're stressing out about, oh, this is, like, a school I really want to go to, and I'm going to go visit this school, and, like, I really, really want to get in. What do you say to them about, like, all of that? Like, what is your stance on, like, they're really uh excited, and they want to go, and, like, and they're going to go they tour the school, and they're like thinking about the potential of being there. Like, what is your, what is your, I
1: like, <laughs> like my whole like, what do I tell them to not, yeah. Like, what do you if they ever get rejected? Like, what what happens after? Like, yeah. So I I like try and be realistic with my sisters, right? Like I'm just like, that's great, but also, because she also obviously do not She's in FIT for people. to if you know, where my sister? Yeah, um. So. <laughs> obviously I was like just I know FIT is your number one school that you want to go to like great but just make sure you have backups just in case something else happens because you never know because everything is so competitive
0: and I've I've never in a million years and maybe I don't know this because my well that's probably that's not true at all I don't know so would you ever take the the stance of being like well with the words out of your mouth if somebody came to you and was like I'm applying to this college and I'm excited but I'm nervous would your would you try to guide them to having the mentality of well you applied but just anticipate defeat so you don't get your hopes up
1: oh absolutely not I'd be like I think you'll get in is usually how I tell Kate I'm like I think you're gonna get in but just in case something happens make sure you have a backup Am I wrong to
0: think that it's real fucked for you to tell a child to just anticipate defeat? Well, I I think it depends on the kid you're talking to. (laughs) Okay, real life status though, if you have a kid who gives a crap enough about school to actually Mm -hmm. be trying and applying and applying themselves, that's not the kid that you would be like, just anticipate, just accept defeat you know correct. what i mean like
1: that's usually the that's like, usually kid where i'm like that that's a great school i hope you get in also like just in case something happens i think you're gonna get in but just in
0: Wait, case like the kids the kids, who, the kids who anticipate defeat like aren't don't try you know what i mean like they're they're not you would never have to say to them you have to anticipate defeat because that's already in their head that they don't think you know what i mean like they haven't done anything to well, show anything like, different well it's like it's
1: like Well, so, I applied to NYU Stern, their business school, which is, like, fucking hard to get into, and I knew I wasn't going to get in. So, like, if anyone was like, I don't think you're going to get in, I wouldn't have taken any, like, remorse or, like, anything negative out of that, because I knew I was not going
0: to get in. But here's the stance that that I've been getting and receiving from, like, students and from parents, Mm -hmm. and it kind of boggles my mind, and there's a Oh, wait, the parents are telling...
1: The parents are telling you theme, that their kids are not going to get in.
0: There is a theme <laughs> of, and I think it comes back to parenting style. And if that's the case, I think it's a problem. There's this theme of, I don't want my kid to get their hopes up about anything, even though they're capable and they're working really hard because I don't want them to have to experience any kind of disappointment. Oh,
1: that's if, no, That's the whole them, parenting thing.
0: If I tell them... If I help them manage their excitement, if I help them manage not getting their hopes up, if I help them manage not actually seeing this as their future, then they won't ever actually have to experience disappointment.
1: No, because you have to experience disappointment. There's no there's no way around anything like you have to. These That's just bad parenting. I have
0: that you had want you want to
1: like rose colored fucking lenses.
0: So of. many conversations over the past month with parents and students not even just around school, around like dancing, around being like in other involved in other areas of life, where I get caught in this really interesting conversation of being like, why are you trying to protect your kid from being disappointed? And then dealing with the aftermath of the kid being so stressed out about, Like, well, I'm not supposed to get my hopes up or being so utterly disappointed about something else that's completely not related and just having no coping mechanisms for it.
1: Yeah, that's bad parenting.
0: So the issue is not, and I think that we have to look at this as a society too. The problem isn't the fact that in any situation as humans, we get excited or we get our hopes up and then we get rejected in some way, shape or form. The problem is that we don't, we want to live in a world where we think that we can avoid disappointment or we can avoid rejection and we don't, and you can't protect yourself or your kids or anyone else around you from that. You're going to experience it.
1: Yeah. And shielding disappointment or rejection from your kid is not the way to do this. Because then
0: what happens when you're not, what happens when you're not there?
1: Yeah, and all of a sudden, yeah, this is when kids get all like spoiled and get and what they I want all the time.
0: Think that, but not even that, right? If you take a really great kid and you put them in a situation where you're telling them, "Oh, don't get your hopes up because it'll never happen," then I mean, it's not they're yeah. they're going to stop applying themselves. They're going to stop caring. They're going to just accept <laughs> disappointment, and then they're going to become pushovers, people that get walked all over because they're never going to assert themselves because they're just going to anticipate defeat to begin with.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just pos- like, there should be some balance of positive and negative reinforcement with these kids. And I think it's just like...
0: The the concerning, massive, constant realization that I'm having that this is the reality that we face and that people are literally trying to protect their next generation from being disappointed and then what happens when they actually have to deal with something that doesn't go their way and what we're doing to kids that don't deserve that in any way shape or form because they probably are perfectly capable of being able to handle it and move on with their lives
1: (laughs) it could be a generational thing right because like millennials are now where having children and like these are what's the but these the are, are these us? are not
0: these are not That's,
1: I know these are not millennials that are raising these children but how, the generation above us.
0: How dare we believe that we can play God and protect our kids from facing reality?
1: Oh well, I mean Like
0: again, where do you just... get off thinking that you can do that? I don't understand. I don't
1: Are the parents that you're talking to of a certain race are they white yes,
0: yes generally
1: are they mo- generally but there's there's
0: there's delusion across humanity and not just across race yeah. i feel like
1: no i agree but i feel like more or less the parents that are doing this are white parents
0: but i i mean i guess i could see that i don't I just don't understand. They coddle them
1: too much. They coddle them too much. I just don't understand. That's, but that's it. It's,
0: that's not coddling, though. That is not coddling. Telling your child mm. who's actually applying themselves to do something, telling them mm-hmm. to just accept defeat and it doesn't matter what they do because even though they are like outstanding in the things that they apply them to, they should just anticipate defeat anyway so that they don't have to get disappointed if it doesn't happen. That's not coddling. That's fucking manipulative no, that's just- abuse.
1: That's just yeah. That's just like abuse, basically. Um, but I mean, I feel like there's a lot of parents that just don't want them to experience any sort of disappointment. Well, so then or they, any sort of actual kids, consequence. Right. So then the kids just like kind of do the bare minimum, like not bare minimum, but like apply, like just taking the college example for for instance, like apply to like community colleges just because they know. But even if
0: you have a kid. But that's the thing. It's selfish in the end, because if you have a kid who wants and is applying and is going for it and is doing everything above and beyond, and then you have the nerve to turn around and be like, well, what's the point of you doing that? Just anticipate defeat.
1: Look, I mean, I don't know. I think <laughs> it, I think no, it's dumb. I, I, but I no, also you're
0: trying to pr- you're trying to protect yourself from having to deal with a kid who's dealing with disappointment. That's what it is. That's the psychology of well, that. Yeah, it's selfish. It's selfish. And that makes me really angry. And I think that it stems back to the fact that we are now in generations where people are having parents, people are becoming parents because they want their kids to be friends with them. We're having, we're like full fledged having kids for extremely selfish reasons of wanting to have a child or wanting to have something that's going to love us endlessly or something that we can have control over and trying to manipulate that at any cost to the point of where you're trying to manipulate the experience that your child has because you only want to experience the good and live vicariously through them and not want to re-experience any of the negative things that happened to you as a kid. And if do you, you also go ahead. go ahead, sorry, nothing. I'm going also... to
1: do you also know if these children of these parents that you're talking to are the oldest kids?
0: No, they're the youngest. And in a lot of these instances, it's not just parents. It's like other influences mm. that are adults.
1: Oh, okay also the youngest is harder to be quite honest with you because they are they are now like especially if they're going into college now they're gen z kids and their mentality of like just anything negative like is just absolutely batshit crazy well
0: that's but that's because of all of this stuff okay before we go on to totally we go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> this is not what we're talking about. This is not. What, but there's a perfect, <laughs> like a perfect segue that I can put in this. When people and the younger generations are perfect examples of this, and apparently it's a thing that's existed for as long as humans have existed. When people don't get their way, or people actually do have to experience disappointment instead of actually facing the truth, what's easier for them to do?
1: just absolutely rebel against the system
0: right conspired
1: conspired there
0: there we go they (laughs) blame it on something else other than actually (laughs) facing reality and that listener friend is what we are talking about today conspiracies (laughs) specifically the conspiracy around the illuminati which um the truth about all of this is extremely illuminating but (laughs)
1: <laughs> the foundation
0: of this comes from the fact that, and I've talked about this podcast before um, here with you guys, is that I've been listening a lot to the Not Past It podcast with uh, Simone Polanin from, uh, what? where is it from? You can hear the opening intro of the thing in my head from Gimlet Media. Um, but I sent Maria this mm-hmm. episode specifically about the Illuminati and we both listened to it and, oh boy. So I'm just going to start us off. And then whenever you want to add in specific things, is that cool?
1: Yeah, I was going to ask one question before you started off.
0: Okay, have at it.
1: When was the first time you heard about this Illuminati society thing?
0: The concept of it?
1: Yeah, just, yeah.
0: I can't pinpoint a specific time, but, like, from when we were teenagers, I feel like it's been a relevant word or concept that I've heard.
1: Right, and, like... The only thing that I can think of when I think of Illuminati, like before I knew like the history of it was like Hollywood stars selling their souls to the Illuminati. And I'm just like, I don't know what that ever My
0: biggest connection and thinking of it is like the shapes of the pyramid and like this. Oh, yeah. All the the stuff that they said was relevant to like what's on the currency in America. Like that's I feel like the biggest thing that started it when we were like in middle school um
1: that's true too it's funny though symbolism is also from freemasonry but like yeah yeah it's funny
0: though because it's something that i never could define or understood what it was i just knew that it was this idea um so let's talk about how that is and why that is and where it comes from because the reality is that people have been using conspiracy theories to explain away their losses or unexplainable things for hundreds and hundreds of years, because it's easier to bl- place blame or find explanation in something that you're like an easy, like it's like the staples button. Like that was easy. It's easier to just do mm-hmm. that than it is to actually face the reality or uncover the hard truths that we don't want to face. Um, so much so that we still use these ideas today to talk about like our most recent election. We still use all of these conspiracy theories to blame uh to place blame as to why Trump didn't become president, or to say how Biden was a freaking demon,
1: yeah, PizzaGate, if you will, the whole PizzaGate shit, and like all Pizzagate. and everything surrounding everything all <laughs> around these that time.
0: Um, so let's go back to the actual history sure. of the Illuminati. Um, And the conspiracies that have been formed and stuck with our country not even our country but like literally the world for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years um so this is all information all this little history lesson that we're going to drop on you right now is a lot of information that we've gotten or i pulled from that not past it episode um highly suggested if you're anybody who's slightly interested in history or why things are the way you they are that you go and check out that podcast too but um so Let's look at conspiracies in America and how they got here and why it started, specifically around the Illuminati. So in our country in the atrium, 18- it's interesting when you look at the amount of unrest that's in our country now, that's around our government and around our society. And if you go back through just like there's cycles in like the way that our economy functions, there's been these like consistent cycles of unrest in the way that our government functions and the way our society functions.
1: Yeah, all the time. If you if you look at the political science of it, like there are just cycles yeah. of American history that like it's... it's some stability, some unrest, and a complete just revolution. Yeah, which after, kind not of a makes complete sense. war and then stability and then a, like some. I mean, thank God and then, except for yeah. you know the
0: Civil War. But like Yeah, which makes sense. If you look at the way that something grows, right? Like think I'm thinking, obviously thinking the way that our body grows, because that's the what I think about first. But when you think about the way that any living organism develops, breakdown must happen first in order for rebirth to happen or regrowth to happen. And we have kind of nailed that in our country in a really good way. So like every time we break, we can well so far knock on wood, been able to rebuild ourselves. But um. The point of all of this is that we've been doing this for such a long time um, that even back in the 18th century, there was so much unrest that people had with each other and had with our government. Um, but that unrest and that separation of of unity, that degradation of unity is what makes space for these conspiracy groups um, and these conspiracy organizations like QAnon. That's yeah. the real life, most yeah. relevant, like the newest one that's come to terms in America. Um, but the the Illuminati came to the Americas back in 1798, because our even though our nation was literally only 22 years old, it was already divided. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, the first political party uh, war, if you will.
0: Yeah, it's already yeah. divided. Um And of course it always seems to stem in its division from around the government, but this time it was like the original time that we split because of the government. Um, And it's funny because if you talk about the irony of the separation between church and state, literally at this time there was none. And that's why this, this forming of other parties, the original idea kind of came to light. Um, So in the Not Past It episode that we were both listening to, they talk about Reverend Timothy Dwight, who is a religious leader, but also a political, political. government leader because there was no separation between the two at the time. And mm-hmm. he talks about, he gives a speech around this this time of like the leading into the election in 1798 and talks mm-hmm. about how people are... <laughs> There's all of this underground rumblings and rumors about how the government's going to change and all these things are coming and that people who aren't good Catholics are going to start voting and speaking up about what should be happening in the government. And this reverend literally gives a sermon, a sermon from the church, talking about how you're not a good Catholic if you don't vote for the Federalist Party and you vote (laughs) for the Democratic Republic Party. I have such a hard time wrapping my head around the concept of you're in church and someone's giving a political sermon. I can't imagine that.
1: That sometimes still happens, but I get not church as
0: much. It, well, I haven't
1: gone to church in a while, but I remember going to church a few times when I was growing up. And I don't remember if it was here or the Philippines. The Philippines is a whole other beast. But I think here, I'm sure politics came up at one point to pan who's who's in the sermon so like it's still yeah. around unfortunately the only time and you know that that how I, they sway
0: oh yeah <laughs> you know the the only, where they sway. i mean whoever's gonna support you know how they function but i feel like there's still there's always politics i mean you can find politics in any topic right but the only yeah. time i ever seem to i guess that's this is really probably the only time that i'm consistently ever around um, priest now but is I feel like there's so much politics when people pass away when the priest oh, comes well, to do the like the final prayer the final because there's stuff, always yeah. politics about like whether they were a good enough Christian or not
1: Oh uh, yeah like you know what I'm talking my about? goodness we've talked about yeah. this before
0: but yeah. I think that it's funny because <laughs> there's always politics around it now but back in the early days of our country you literally went to church and got sermons news? about politics like that's where you talked <laughs> about news, politics like. right yeah. yeah that's where yeah. you talked about politics so back during this time um this is literally where the illuminati emerges as a concept in america because it came up as an opposition to the Federalist Party, which was based in the Christian religion, and it became the perfect target for the election of the 1800s to attach to Jefferson's party. So essentially, the whole concept was that Jefferson was not a Federalist, and they said that he was a bad Christian, and he's somebody who wanted to (laughs) eliminate religion. And because of the reasons, he obviously must be a leader in the Illuminati.
1: This is how literally any conspiracy theory, like, comes up. Like, That's, pick all it one. That's all, it, all takes. it takes. That's all it
0: takes. All it takes is, like, is one thread.
1: person. It takes one person. It doesn't have to be a religious leader. It just takes one person to, like, put a really thin thread between someone and, like, some foreign, literal foreign concept over there. And is, like, see it's, like, they're bad. connected. Yeah, yeah. They're connected. And yeah. then
0: everybody else just weaves the tapestry of mayhem that lays over and suffocates and the other person.
1: Right, and it's like that. I don't know what bias it's called, like the confirmation bias type situation, or like whatever bias. It's like yeah, they like get they. Then again, this is QAnon for anyone that like is following QAnon. It's like they find like the teeniest bit of evidence, and they're like, "That's why this yeah. is this." And it's just like yeah. that's not how research goes. Like
0: no, I mean like- you're 100% right though. It is confirmation <laughs> bias. It's the it's the implicit bias that we already have running in our heads about a certain person or a certain type of thing, and then. Some, you know, demonic genius realizes that if they really draw that line clear as day for somebody, that's just gonna confirm the bias they already have, and then they'll double down on thinking that and take action in favor of that bias.
1: Right. And that's how apparently the Illuminati came to America. It wasn't even an American concept.
0: (laughs) It was it was not. And we'll get we're gonna go further back, but this is where it all starts in America. I gotta plug in my computer. So this Reverend Dwight used fear tactics to very clearly in his sermons and in any of his other, you know, moments where he stood up on his little religious pedestal to say that you weren't Christian if you voted for Jefferson.
1: And that's Bloody the last in. thing people that's the last thing people need. Especially of that day, time, like- right?
0: identity yeah, like... and religion go hand in hand right you identify exactly. as your religion um which is something that exactly. you know is still prevalent today but it's stronger then because people didn't have anything else to identify with and if you weren't a part of your religious community what did you have so
1: uh, yeah
0: if you if you voted for jefferson um you weren't a good Christian. And this wasn't just his stance. He happened to be a very profound person of the time leading the Federalist Party, but it wasn't just him that took this approach. It was his entire party that took to this approach of let's scare the crap out of all these good Christians and make them think that if they don't vote for him, that if they don't vote for, um um it was Adams, right? Yeah, they don't vote for Adams, then they're not a good Christian anymore. Either you vote for Adam, and there were literally... Um, like newspapers around the country that would come out and say, vote for Adams.
1: Absolute slander.
0: <laughs> vote it's for just so- Adams to be a Christian or vote for Jefferson if you want a world with no God. Like what like, the hell does come that on, even guys. mean?
1: Come on guys, yeah. And Uh-oh.
0: it was perfect. It was genius. And this, and if you, the most ridiculous part of this is that this was you know, back in the early 1800s. And even now in our most recent election, this is exactly, and we just talked about this last episode, this is exactly the kind of shit fire that Russia tried to stir into our society of putting more people who have really strong views like this into the mix and trying to create a bigger divide and create a bigger shit storm. Not that we need Russian involvement for this to happen, but this was the kind of stance it was.
1: And like, I'm just thinking about the people that... Just don't just like take it at face value, like like now and also back then. <clears throat> I guess it's obviously easier back then to just take shit at face value because nothing is accessible.
0: It's literally just well, word of mouth. This is exactly what we're gonna go into next. But yes, finish your thought.
1: Because it's just like, do people think? But again, back then I can't really judge them because it's just like, well, what else? What? How else do I get my information without like? And you
0: know, who? Who? Who not only had the access to the information to think but who had the right to legally think who was told that they were allowed right, to. who
1: was or like who was educated i mean like, and you know. you're
0: talking i mean for anybody who is not following this path it wasn't the women and the people of color <laughs>
1: Yeah. just to clearly yeah.
0: clearly have to clearly <laughs> um so there was a very specific type of person who was allowed to have access and was allowed to think and if you didn't match that, you were in the Illuminati. That's literally as clear and simple as we can make it. Yeah. For this for this point. So the Illuminati comes to America as this concept of wanting to overthrow religion and overthrow the government. Yeah, and it's run by the devil. And so how the hell did it get here? And this is the stuff that I never knew. So this was super interesting to me. So let's go back to the origins of the Illuminati and how goddamn stupid we are as a people to not have inform this information as the foundation of why we talk about it anymore um and this is not this is like our own fault but not our own fault because the truth was hidden for us for such a long time and I think that it's not enough of common knowledge to actually know this so you are gonna equip yourself with the firearms to know better so because i couldn't it's kind of just it it's his this made me like i laughed out loud when i heard this that this is the reality of this yet we still talk about it to this day um so the original illuminati organized in bavaria back in 1776 it started as a part of the Rome that that area, a part of the Roman Empire, and was created with the intention of wanting to help progress their government and set large scale reforms across their society. There mm-hmm. was never any intention on conspiracies against the government or any violent attempts to overthrow the government, which are the two biggest things that I feel like the Ill- Illuminati is connected to. Like anytime anything ne- really negative, violent, or intense happens it's like, oh, the Illuminati is somehow involved. Right. The issues that this organization wanted to address was literally about access to information and education. They wanted there to be a change for the public to have access to things that were going to make them, you know, guide their lives and decision making, which is exactly the opposite of the way that the Roman Empire and any religious system functions. The religious systems They're function. Like
1: gatekeep shit.
0: Exactly. That there's one person who knows yeah. everything, and then you get information based on, you know, if you're invited to take a seat at the table and if you're seen as fit enough to have access. And the concept of this reform of the Illuminati was to change that and give access to all of the people.
1: Right. And like this fits well into the Federalists, like whole thing whole right. ordeal if you will so we're
0: gonna talk and it's really not it's like a little a little stone throw away um <laughs> the the interesting thing on top of this too is that like you said before with the freemasons the illuminati was not the only group of like the reform secret society that was happening during this time the freemasons and a couple other ones that i honestly really had never heard of before were also prevalent during this mm-hmm. time and right, there's so many of them they became such a concern to the Roman Empire that by seventeen eighty-five, secret societies were banned and people were either killed or imprisoned for being a part of them. And that was the end of secret that was societies. That's it. That like was it. That like was the Illuminati end. just died. Like <laughs> nine years later, that was it.
1: Yeah, truly. Like like the Illuminati hasn't been around, period. Like right. a formal one that we know of.
0: Right. right. <laughs> so flash forward to, and you don't even have to flash forward. So here's where it gets kind of funny and like slightly kind of embarrassing for the ancestors of the world because 1785 I mean, if you think about it we are far enough away from that time that is it possible for things to have reignited? Sure. But in 1785, all of this stops, right? And even though they lasted for only 10 years, like officially, they wreaked the concept of these secret societies, wreaked havoc over the world for decades to come, and are even still relevant now. So, the unfolding trauma of this and the reason why they became such an issue was because the people in power could not fathom the idea of the people the people amongst them not wanting them to be in power or wanting things to be different. It was easier for them to say (laughs) that the problem was that somebody wanted to overthrow the government and there was a conspiracy going on than to say, Hey, we maybe need to change something in the way that we oversee the people.
1: The complete narcissism that some people have when they have the power and they don't want to take, like give back the power is absolutely insane.
0: So That's happening really honestly over in like Europe, like not even anywhere near the Americas. And it's truly rears its head again during the French revolution. This is where Americans Mm. start to get wind of it. So the Illuminati only came into the American people's view because of the French revolution and really around the time of 1789. So this is four years after all of these societies are completely disbanded and all these people are either murdered or arrested roughly. Um, The French Revolution happens and the French government decides that it's not possible for our people to want to reform our government. The Illuminati has to be involved. And it's what's whispering in all of their ears about the fact that we need to get rid of having the crown um, and having our government system.
1: Again, these white people and their
0: (laughs) (laughs) power. It was easier to believe and more probable that the Illuminati was behind the destruction of power in France
1: than actual people.
0: The people of France wanting to stand up against their oppressive government. And yeah, literally critically thinking for themselves.
1: Yeah. And it's just (laughs) such a, so like, as a, like, if you were in France at that time, right? And like the government was like, this can't be coming from you. You guys aren't smart. Like, that's fucked. (laughs) like that's basically what the government is saying that you y'all don't know what we think do of this or do shit. not do yeah but they also yeah they well they don't know what you do because you haven't given up power so they do want to know what you want to do so like let's all just They're share the power that. but like you know
0: and that is how nearly within a couple of years later americans start to get wind of the concept of what the illuminati could be and start to not even what what really happened in in the eyes of the people of power this secret society came into play and started whispering things about how, overthrowing the government and violent things about how how they should take over and they should be ruling the world and religion should be banned and um everybody there's the world should be with no god and all that stuff it was easier for them to believe that there was some demonic intent. But what was really happening was that people were starting to stand up against their government and stand up against their oppressors. And word of that from the people traveled all the way to the Americas and it landed in the American people's laps and the American people started to wake up and go, well, we're supposed to be a democracy and we're supposed to be like this. So we're going to stand up against any type of oppressive structure or system. And the through line here is that so many conspiracies of government and the major issues of people wanting reform for their government is alive and well today. And it is still easier for governments or people of power to look to a scapegoat like the Illuminati, the original freaking scapegoat, to believe it's easier to say that than to believe that their people actually want change.
1: Yeah, I mean we we lived through the past couple elections.
0: <laughs> like
1: like it it's still alive. Um because again, I think it's pure narcissism and the 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 greed that power has, like when you have it, that there's no way that because you were elected once or twice, that there's no way that they wouldn't elect you again and again and again and again. And then that just like demeans your whole population. That just like makes like, that just makes everyone feel stupid that they actually elect you in the first place, that you think that just because you are elected or you have power that they always want you to be there.
0: And that's a problem with, I mean, the conspiracy theory concept hasn't necessarily gotten its way into like, I mean, and I can say this, this might not be true, but from like the history of the way that we're taught about British government, like Illuminati and conspiracy theories are not very sewn into that, but it's the history of, like specifically if you look at the French Revolution, they got rid of their crown. They got rid of that system because people didn't want to believe in that anymore, right? Like- That was the way it was for such a long time. But the people became more aware and more educated and more informed and wanted their government to function in a different way. And it's when the powers that be cannot admit to the fact that we are only human, too, and we are not any different than the people that we're serving. Right. We are not God. Um, Then we don't know. It's like something short circuits and
1: they don't know how to act
0: right like they, they and that's truly when... ju- they
1: truly just don't understand that we just again we just elected you early like you're in power because we thought as a human you would just do better for us as other humans
0: and that's not when saying the... that you're
1: like a high you're on a pedestal you just we just want you to do whatever we want we tell you to do in a true democracy obviously
0: that's when the shit hits the fan right and that's when potential violence erupts and that's when and that's the irony of it isn't it like the issue isn't the people the issue is the power and because the power can't get a fucking grip on reality the people have to suffer
1: and it is a hard position as just any uh I feel like any elected official here in America, it's so hard. It's harder here, I feel like, because there's so many different types of people here. That you you can't 100, you can't, no one can ever have like 100% pro- approval rate. No, anywhere. Um, but it's but worse I mean, here. That's the
0: world, right? Like, that's the world. Also, no also, one's going to like you 100
1: Right, but it's also worse here because there's just so many different types of people that you're adhering to in your population, your populace, that it's just like you can't make everyone happy but if you can make the majority happy then you're doing the right thing in my opinion but and it's not if- even
0: so much of it's not even so much of like the the concept of making them happy especially with our government is that you need to be representing the majority you need to be yeah acting with the conscious awareness of that Oh, those, what the majority like, is. of people right but it's not and i don't i don't mean to say that in like the like the majority as in like because then it comes because well, white people aren't really the majority very much anymore but like it's not even with that concept of race but like you need to represent what people actually want not and like yeah, the, exactly. the not, people yeah. who the people who are aware and involved and invested not the people who are afraid and and short-sighted like you you need to i i and I don't want to use the word progressive because the word progressive can become very political too, but it's the people who are progressive in the way of wanting the betterment of the communities of a whole as a whole
1: in the right direction.
0: Right. And like even yeah, that because, kind of right like even that yeah. is kind of like an interesting thing because it's subjective. Like, like what's the, the right direction? You come back yeah. to the argument of like well if you have a right to move in that direction based on the true definition of freedom, people have a right to want to move in the other direction, but it's like,
1: again, it's hard in this country with the like a, two ultimate, part, like a the ultimate thing system. about
0: this, that's specific to our, the way that our government functions and the, the purpose of a democracy is that we shouldn't run into the, it makes sense for people who are in, like, it makes sense for the English government to run into issues where there's a really big um, moment of, like, conservative and what used to be in tradition versus what's happening with people now because the crown literally represents all of that, right? That's a huge part of their freaking mm-hmm. government system, and it represents Ordeal. all yeah. of that, yeah. right? Our government is not supposed to represent any of that. It's supposed to represent the people as they are now. and. Yeah. We run into problems when people don't look at the people as they are now, which is right by definition is progressed and different from the way people were four years ago, 10 years ago, 100 years ago.
1: Sure.
0: People are still equating the fact to like, no, things need to say the same. And if you wanted things to say the same, like you shouldn't live in America because that's not and that's the problem with where the exceptionalist oh. America comes in, because people have this concept.
1: Uh-huh. Go ahead
0: people have this concept of what they think america should be and they think it's related to something with the past and it no we're still figuring out what the hell we're supposed to be that identity crisis started in the 1800s which this first separation between parties but like that identity crisis is still happening like we're not done having our identity crisis yet
1: yeah, which is why like in the supreme court like there are uh, judges that are constitutionalists and just politicians in general where they think that the way to govern our, our country is the way that our founding fathers intended. But that's so not the case, in my opinion, because like the founding fathers made the constitution editable like it's a living, breathing document. But that was
0: that was the point. But that's the that point. That was the right? whole point. This country was supposed to be a representation of the people and was supposed to be like that. That's why it's the great experiment when you I'm sorry, the process of experimenting doesn't have an end. Like it's just the ongoing action of changing things and seeing what happens
1: which is why when some politicians and judges and justices or whatever that are so pro founding fathers i'm not saying i'm anti founding fathers like obviously if the founding fathers weren't around like i wouldn't be here like right. like there's no way like we are grateful but, for all
0: of the action that they've taken and because without also them, we would like, not have
1: them i don't think that they would like us doing this right now <laughs> so right. like some people saying like no we should keep it the way it was cuz that's what it was intended and i'm pretty sure they'd be like no, we intended for you to fuck shit up. <laughs>
0: like, there's no way they wouldn't right. not say that, in my opinion. But I mean, isn't the irony of it, the whole point of the way that America was founded was because those founding fathers were rebelling against the English people that were saying, no, things need to say the way they were. Like, isn't that right. ironic that we're doing that yeah. to each other now? And that was the whole point of why this country was birthed in the, the first place.
1: Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then there's always the whole, like, is it, should people be community-based or individual? Like, should we look out for our whole community or just ourselves? Because then that also plays into I, politics.
0: I I I can understand both sides of this, but I'm going to just make this simple statement. And it comes back to, uh, I think it's a, the Maya Angelou, I think it's a Maya Angelou quote. quote that's like, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Hmm. You we are never going to escape the fact, no matter how intelligent we come become. And if we do escape this fact and become intelligent enough to ignore it, I think that's the end of human existence. We are never going to escape the fact that our biological makeup and our social makeup is friggin' communal. Like we need each other.
1: Yeah. But some people think that let me just look out for myself, you know,
0: which is ego. And, and all can figure which... that's not them though. That's not that's not their human nature. That's their ego. And this is the problem with people not being able to separate themselves from their ego. And this is the flaw of the intelligence of the individual human. We don't realize that our ego is overseeing everything, and we don't keep our ego in check. That is the only time when a human believes that they don't need anybody else i'm sorry but i call complete bullshit on this
1: look i'm not saying shit like i'm just saying some people govern like that That's I, all. I
0: i i know but i'm calling I, you're right but i'm calling total bs on that stance you can't we are freaking social creatures how are you going to claim that You only have to stick out for number one. And then my question becomes on top of this, because now I don't know why the thing that I'm picturing in my head right now is when, like, how are you going to claim that when it comes to you and your family? Because you can't look out for number one, but then also look out for your next of kin at the same time, because then you're technically looking out for the community.
1: Look, and then they come into a whole contradictory in their entire, like, that's when people like, say one thing and then they do another thing when they govern and it's just like well, why are you contradicting why, everything that you are
0: doing right now this is why conspiracies can just nestle right into the space between and for when sure. we when we don't keep first of all when we don't keep actual logic and critical thinking at the center of all of it it makes space for this to continue sure. to happen Is it possible that the Illuminati somewhere exists again after all of this stuff in the 18th century? Totally. Maybe it does. Do I think that Beyonce leads it? No, (laughs) but (laughs) is it possible that it does? Sure. But there are way scarier monsters that are in the light of day that we choose not to fight and address versus trying to point in the freaking darkness and go, oh, it's that. And that's the thing is it's not the conspiracies or the secret societies that are dangerous. It's the fact that we're not doing where we'd rather turn our cheek to look at them than to stare directly at the thing that's right in front of us. That's actually the root of the problem we're experiencing.
1: And to your point, it's so easy to just listen to Illuminati conspiracy theory than like pay attention to what's in front of you.
0: I will forever enjoy <laughs> the in-depth like underbelly of all of this and the, the theorizing on things. I love theories, but But I'm I, not I gonna, gonna base my life on them.
1: <laughs> I ain't gonna be like, you know, I'm not a flat earther, like, I don't understand those people, like, I, these QAnon, like, those, like, conspiracy theory, like, I love learning about them, because I think they're so interesting that they came about, but to actually believe in them, you're so out of touch of whatever, whatever reality is right now. You more
0: about the human psychology and the human condition mm-hmm. by diving into the origins and the ongoings of these types of things. And that's what's interesting. But it quickly mm-hmm. becomes drawing the line to dangerous when people can't gatekeep their own minds and willingly open their brains up to others and allow. And again, you. We, in our last episode, we talked about who the responsibility, where responsibility falls in addressing issues around race and calling people out for microaggressions. And they thought that it can't just be one person, right? Because it's more powerful if multiple people are doing it. The danger around these secret societies and these conspiracy theory groups is that they approach it in the right way in the fact that they plant the seeds in a lot of people. And it's more than one person that's consistently taking action and you can never really truly find the head of the snake to cut it off. Mm-hmm. But the body is in fucking motion all the time.
1: Yeah, and that's that's the scary part.
0: That's the danger.
1: Yeah, so I don't know.
0: <laughs> I feel like going on right now. Or like the theme song to Goosebumps or something. So it's it's scary. It I I think it's I think it's hysterical. I'm not gonna. I'm such a freaking like jaded person. Like the comedy of it it is so funny. funny. The the people who originally created the Illuminati, like if they're around or they know what's going on, they must think that this is
1: like laughing. Wonderful,
0: because they're, and it's not. It was less than a decade long of their society actually functioning. That. Yeah, they still get dropped into the conversation. news article
1: somewhere. Yeah, no, I meant scary and, and like I was thinking about QAnon when I said
0: that. <laughs> oh well, no, that I mean the yeah, that's the thing. Illuminati right, though, yeah. The concept yeah. has been reconstructed to be preva- over and over and over prevalent, prevalent for now, right? Like somebody yeah. keeps some somebody saw the good idea and just keeps recreating the good idea to wreak have havoc across our society and create controversy and disruption within our government and within our society at whatever time they see fit that's the problem yeah someone created the plan and now people are just recreating it and that's what's scary but the the scary illuminati of what it was was never actually what it was what it was and that <laughs> thing it was funny. supposed to help
1: society yeah it, right. was, it was supposed to help society now she's like right. thrown in as like a pop culture reference here and there
0: so now when people bring it up i can be well informed to be like well let's talk about why it's not actually the illuminati could it be an extent of that maybe but it's not actually yeah. the illuminati because this is why
1: yeah just a little and tidbit
0: the the only potential positive spin on this is that like the origin creation of the Illuminati is that people came together and were stronger in a community to stand up against what they believed was right for them in what they wanted from their government. And the real truth is that in America, we shouldn't have to do that because we have a government that's literally designed on us being able to tell it what it's supposed to do. So we should be able to do it outright and in the open and, you know, let our freak flags fly and that'd be totally fine. Um, so we shouldn't even need that anymore. So the fact that people feel like they need that in order to create change in their favor should be like a, you know, a little tip off to people that like, man, this is weird. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but you know, the government, education of the government, all that stuff, like access information.
0: Uh, exactly. So it's not, that's not even the problem, right? The problem, the problem isn't access to information anymore. The problem is that people have the access and aren't critically thinking anymore.
1: It, yeah, I was gonna say it's it's real critical thinking, because
0: news—it's
1: my last, it's my last bit. News was used to just be here. It is here's Sports. Here's the weather. Have a great day. Now it's like here's the news, and here's everyone's fucking commentary about. And here's the what you should news. be thinking
0: about it, and here's what your thoughts about it say about you as a person to everybody else who doesn't think the way you think,
1: like. Right. And then people ingesting that is like, oh, it's same thing with like, you know, the reverend, like, oh, I'm not a good Christian. If I don't think the way they're thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Raise your feelers, friends. (laughs) Like feelers on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully now the next time that you come across a conversation that brings up the Illuminati, you can be the well-informed person in the group to be like, well, what does this really mean? and yeah, how and far then should actually I let it go, influence me
1: yeah and then critically think if this this aids or uh doesn't aid your life and well-being and if it doesn't aid maybe you should not dive into it further
0: hallelujah okay all right that was our Illuminati episode hopefully you listened and you learned maybe something and you thought something was interesting but if you have any thoughts or comments we'd love to hear any that.
1: conspiracy theory leave it in that that oh, yeah. you find Drop interesting
0: it. let's please. debunk conspiracy theories i could go on forever about it
1: love it i also love like celebrity conspiracy theories
0: <laughs> oh yeah i don't pay so. attention enough for that so
1: like avril lavigne is, is is like not avril lavigne i love like it's so funny to me
0: i don't even know that
1: okay well you can google it at your own leisure
0: <laughs> i probably will. thanks for listening guys okay all right bye <laughs>